I didn't think I'd ever have a partner in my real estate business. I thought it was just going to be me. Hello and welcome to Pillars of Wealth Creation, where we talk about creating financial success with a special focus on business and real estate. I'm your host, Todd Dexheimer. Now, let's get to it. Hello, welcome back to Pillars of Wealth Creation. I'm your host, Todd Dexheimer. With me, I got uh, Brad Stiegel. Brad, how are you doing today? I'm good. Thanks for having me, Todd. Yeah, absolutely. Excited to dive in. We actually met, uh, what, it was sometime this summer um, in Milwaukee. Yeah, I think it was in July that we July. did that. Yeah, yeah. So, so met in July. It was uh, at an event and I uh, there was breakout groups and I was like sitting down at your table randomly. I showed up late. Yeah. Um, I think I wasn't able to get to town for some reason uh, on time anyways. So I showed up and just sat down at a table, met you and uh, had a Good conversation. We both had kind of a similar goal. Uh, both of us, I would say, are fairly healthy guys. Uh, where neither of us are are overweight uh, by the measure of overweightness, but we both said, "Man, we're just not being healthy, right? We're just not we're quite polluting our bodies." Yeah, polluting our bodies. You know, maybe. We, we don't eat as good as we can. We, we don't maybe exercise as much as we can. Let's, let's challenge each other. And so that's kind of, uh, I guess the, the first time we met and the relationship, but I, you, you've got a couple of really interesting parts of your business that I want to dive into today. So I'm going to give our listeners just a brief uh, intro to you, and then I'll let you explain the rest. So a little bit about Brad, uh, he actually started buying uh, real estate. He bought his first duplex, lived in it, did the house hack thing, uh, you know, and then did it again and did it again. Did it what three times, Brad? Is that right? Yeah, the first three properties were duplexes. So first three properties are duplexes. Do you have any of those properties still? All three of them still have. I've got a problem with not wanting to sell real estate. So, so we. I want to dive into that, but. We'll, we'll, we'll wait for a second because I want to continue with the intro, but I think that's a really interesting topic to dive into is, is the difference between holding onto a property and just uh, kind of flipping it or selling, not necessarily even flipping it, but just holding it short term and selling it. Um, but you did that while being a full-time, full-time in sales. And then you continued to grow and now your company, uh, you and your partner, Acceleration Ventures, you guys have 475 units vertically integrated um, and, and you're kicking some butt. And you also have uh, some meetup groups, which again, I want to dive into that because uh, I, I really found it intriguing when we met and, and kind of the, the meetup groups and how you've grown those too. So with that said, Brad, why don't you give our listeners any, any more pieces that I'm missing uh, and we'll, we'll dive into some of the detail. Yeah. So um, started off the age of 24 is when I got that first duplex and went through the steps. Uh, the funniest thing, I, I rented myself out of a place to live because that first duplex, somebody told me, Hey, have you considered renting out your side? And so I put a four rent sign out front. And at the time I even had a roommate, put the sign out next thing, you know, I had a tenant and I went to my roommate. I was like, man, we get, we got to go. I rented out our house. We got to find somewhere else to live. So we both <laughs> moved in with friends because we were homeless and it took me about three months to find my next duplex to buy. But that, that was a fun one. Um, so yeah, we, I went through that process, started buying single family homes. Uh, for whatever reason, I landed on a bunch of duplexes and got to where I had 24, 26 units. And 
just managed those and just took care of my tenants for quite some time. And I thought it was going to be my, my supplemental retirement income once I hit that age. Never thought that I'd be a professional real estate investor and that'd be my only thing. And, you know, that's, that's how life was. And yeah. I got to a point as a media salesperson, uh, I sold TV advertising here in Peoria, Illinois. And, I, you know, it was just in the back of my, in the back of my mind, it just kept thinking you're not you're built for more than this and it just mm. i kept hearing that being whispered to myself you know you're built for more than this and it just started to to stir me up a bit and so as i was going through that experience i was turned on to some podcasts started listening to bigger pockets and grant cardone and started to think a little bit bigger and it was going through going through that time that i decided i was going to try to make something of the real estate business and that's that's what happened i started buying uh bigger deals and started networking and trying to find people that I could hang around with to help me to think bigger. And next thing you know, I'm hanging out with this guy in Peoria that has over a thousand units of apartment buildings and making friends with him and proving to him, showing him that I'm a hustler and that I'm going to make things happen. And what happened was he was working on a 156 unit heavy lift. Like it took him 29 months, I think, to turn this apartment complex around. And it was about an hour away from where he lived. So he was... Wow buried. He was yeah. working nonstop and him being so big in the apartment space, whenever something came for sale, he was always in the know. And mm. so he came across a 24 unit apartment building. The price was amazing. He knew he didn't have time to to put towards it. So he called me to see if I'd partner with him. Of course, the answer is yes. That's what you always dream of when you're looking, uh, <laughs> you have somebody who's your mentor, you're trying to learn from them and they're like, Hey, I'm too busy, but I trust you. Let's go. And so that was in I think it was uh, May of 2020. It's right in the middle of COVID. We did our first deal together. And it was, I think, 13, 14 months later, we sold it for a 50% profit. Wow. And took the, those proceeds, 1031, the proceeds from the 24 units and turned them into 123 units by um, using that 1031 money. And we've just continued That's to awesome. do the same thing. We'll buy projects, add value, increase rents, turn around and sell them and 1031 into the next the next deal. And so, yeah, now we're at 475 units and some commercial properties and uh, look, you know, we're doing a development in Belize. And, you know, when I first started listening to the bigger pockets podcast, and when I had that, you know, in the back of my mind that I was, I was made more, made for more than just advertising sales. Uh, I had no idea that this is what was in store for me. <laughs> what a fun journey though, right? It's just, yeah, it was. I, I'm the same way. I I was a, I was a teacher. I didn't, I actually, when I started, I I knew that I probably wasn't going to be a teacher the rest of my life, but it wasn't going to be a real estate like investor. That wasn't what I was going to do, yeah. right? I was just buying some properties because I saw the potential there, and I, 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 it wasn't until some people started asking me when are you going to quit your job that I was like, oh, I could quit my job. <laughs> But it yeah, I guess that could happen. Yeah, it wasn't something that it was like at the top of my mind. Like I gotta quit. I gotta. I gotta be done. I gotta. I gotta do real estate full time. Um, so it's just, yeah, such a fun journey. Uh, what kind of commercial properties do you guys have? We've got a mix of um, a little bit of office space. We've got some warehouse mm. space, and we've got uh, a parcel that has some retail and also a couple of restaurants on it. And so so the dreaded a, office. What do you think about the office? I mean, you got you got office. Everybody's like, "Oh no, not office right now! You can't do that." Well, how is your office doing? It's good. It's it's a small percentage of the portfolio. We have a chiropractor 
We have some Wells Fargo financial advisors. We're occupying one of the spaces in the office. Um, so nice. it's fine for us. We definitely don't have a, a high rise of office space because that would make yeah. me very nervous. Might lose some sleep. It's funny. I just read an article that um, says that luxury office in a lot of downtowns uh, is starting to become high demand and there's actually a shortage of it. Okay. So really interesting. I don't know. Anyways, yeah. off topic. That's not what we're talking about today. I want to know a little bit about Belize too. Like why Belize and what are you guys doing there? So why Belize? Um, you, you ever listen to the Real Estate Guys podcast? I don't. I don't. Yeah. So they were they were the big podcast for real estate investors before Bigger Pockets. And so I still remember, I think it was 10 years ago, I listened to these podcasts and they talk about how Belize is a great place to invest. It's English speaking, all these tax benefits and how there's this awesome development happening at Mahogany Bay. And anybody that's interested should come down and go to one of the seminars. They even had cruises to teach mm. people about why you should invest in Belize. And, you know, I come from a small town. I, I, I grew up on a, a farm. I would say we were poor. We didn't have much money. And so I, I think uh, one of the reasons I joined Go Abundance was to help expand my my mindset because I would say I'm definitely kind of a, a small thinker. And so listening to those podcasts 10 years ago, yet, you know, investing in Belize is for rich people. I would never do anything like that. So yeah. I just stayed in my lane buying duplexes in Peoria, Illinois. Um, fortunately, a friend of mine, Isaac Bennett, he went down to those seminars and he's from Peoria as well. And so he ended up going down there, learning about Belize, getting integrated, um, meeting all the right people, learning who's building, having relationships with the real estate investors down there and the developers. And he did his first project back in 2017 in Belize and it went well. Then he went on and did his second project. It went well. And his third project, my business partner, Mike, decided to invest in himself. And so they just finished the third project down there. But while they were working on the third, Isaac approached Mike and I on working with him on a larger scale project down in Belize. And mm -hmm. we said yes last about a year and a half ago. And so that's how we got into Belize and thinking about Belize. And so we bought three lots uh, inside of Mahogany Bay, and we're going to be developing three high-end luxury vacation rentals down there. Two of them are mm -hmm. five bedroom and then a three bedroom house. And that's Hopefully we're going to break ground in January. We're in the middle of the fundraising process right now, but nice. it's been a fun experience. Nice. Nice. Well, wish a you good well place. On, on that. It, I'm going to have to come down and visit. Maybe I'll get roped into doing some Belize stuff too. Who knows? Yeah. Expensable trips to Belize are always a good thing. Yeah. Right. <laughs> Got to go look at some properties. Uh, you, know. you see, it's unbelievable, Todd. You see yeah, that? I love that. Oh, yeah. Yeah, there's there's the dad joke there. Um, <laughs> so let's let's talk about uh your partnership. Uh, you partner. You're now your partners in, with Acceleration Ventures with a guy who was your mentor, a guy who was actually already doing stuff. And I, a lot of times I tell people, hey, that's that's not who you should be kind of looking for as a partner. But you found that guy as a partner, and and now he that you're, you're doing business with them. Um, let's talk about the partnership and some stuff that you've learned, uh, first of all, about, you know, selecting the right partner and then maybe diving into delegating and uh, your tasks and stuff. Yeah. So I'm a, I'm a big Dave Ramsey fan. Yeah. 
So outside of the fact that you don't use debt on buying investment properties, I, I believe most of what Dave Ramsey says. And one of those things is the only ship that won't sail is a partnership. So all along the way, I'd always, can I, I didn't think I'd ever have a partner in my real estate business. I thought it was just going to be me. And just like I mentioned earlier today on that podcast, I, I never liked to sell real estate. And so those are the two major things that have been completely disrupted since I met my business partner, Mike Goodett. And, you know, you, you mentioned that he was my mentor. I literally, in, in my phone, I had his phone number saved and it said, Mike. And then underneath it, it said, my hero. And so to, to think that you become business partners with that mentor, or at the time when I first met him, he was my hero in real estate. Um, it's, it's incredible. And it's from listening to podcasts like Bigger Pockets, where they talk about how to cultivate that relationship with a mentor, how yeah. to pro provide value and also prove worth. And um, it was listening to those podcasts so diligently and just taking exactly what they said and going out and executing it in, in mm -hmm. my real world that when it came time for him to need somebody to partner up with on a project, he, he chose me because of uh, all those things that I had done. And so then when, when that person chooses you, it's a matter of even proving more worth. And so yeah. when we worked on that first project, I, I, my goal was for him to not even have to think about it. Like, what can I do to make this the easiest thing he's ever done in his life? So that if deal number two comes along, he chooses me again. And so um, from an operational standpoint, that's where I had to step it up. And him and I are both sales guys through and through. Mm. And so when you think of, um, you know, the, the integrator versus the uh, visionary, I would say I, I'm probably wired to be a visionary, right? But Mike is wired to be a visionary so much more than me that I had to become the integrator. Yep. And so yep. I, I, I knew where my role needed to be. And obviously it was wise for me just to, to step in line. And so to, to help this super, super visionary guy um, learn how to implement systems and implement things that are going to help our organization be more controlled and uh, more sound than ever before has been a, a good fun experience. And it's, it's, it's cool also to work with, Mike now who's just another, he's just my business partner, but who was once my hero to, to be appreciative of the value that I bring to the company. So it's been a cool transition. And how, how did you meet, how did you meet Mike? Uh, networking. So just, um, as a, yeah, I, I knew where he was going to be and I strategically placed myself in those, those situations yeah. and struck up conversations. Yeah. Uh, when we really finally takes. had the, the most meaningful conversation was when his property management company had an open house. They had a ribbon cutting for their new location. And I knew that they were his property manager. So I went to the ribbon cutting and not a lot of people showed up. And so we just started talking. And then I asked me if we wanted to go to lunch sometime. And you know, the rest is history. Every time I went to go look at a property, I'd text him like, Hey, Mike, I'm going to look at a duplex. Hey, Mike, I'm going to look at this. And he's like, do you ever work your day job? I'm like, yeah, I'm doing both right now. And by the way, I'm looking at something else tomorrow. But it's just me constantly like, hey, I'm a hustler. Yeah, I'm going. I'm going. Yeah. See, but that's what it takes. Look, if you want to meet people, and whether it's a mic or whether it's somebody that you know maybe doesn't even have the experience of a mic, you have to get in front of them, right? You have to go to events. You have to go to networking. I mean, you said you joined GoBundance to get in front of people, get with people that had a different mindset to change your mindset, to change your outlook. I mean. That's that's what it takes. You have to get in front of people and build build relationships. Otherwise, 
you're not, I, I think my mindset has changed drastically as I've gotten in more and more rooms with people that are taking action. Yeah. Um, and that includes listening to podcasts and listening to books and reading books, but getting in front of the actual room in front of the actual people and striking up those relationships. I've done a lot of deals. Obviously you have too, um, through those relationships that you've, you know, you've created. So that's yeah, awesome. Cause networking is part of it, but how are you going to add value? Yeah. Uh, that's why at the, the go abundance event up in Madison, I'm thinking like, what, what can I do? And, um, I did the, you know, had the Bible study in the morning. Yeah. Like what, what more can I do than share, share my faith with these yeah. guys that also have the same faith and create that better connection. And they're going to, they're going to remember that, that it was Brad that put it together. And then as just, you know, just contemplate what else can I do? I was like, well, I love mountain biking. So why wouldn't I try to put together a group mountain bike ride? And so I went up a couple of days early and figured out the best places to ride bikes. And then we had, I think it was like 10 GoBros that joined us for a uh, mountain bike ride. So yeah, I was going to join also. that. I was going to join that mountain bike ride too. And I was really bummed that I couldn't, but I, man, my, we'll back, next, next my back was so messed up uh, during that time. I'm like, I better not. I, I'm going to, yeah. I'm going to do something stupid and I'll, I won't be able to walk for another, you know, six weeks. So um, let's talk about that. You, you did the Bible group, but you've got something else going on that I think is really cool that you started in, in, Peoria. Um, it's called Iron Ironman Prayer Lunch. Ironman Prayer Lunch. Yeah. And so, so tell me about that group. Well, tell me about. Uh, let, let's first talk about the the real estate meetup and growing that, yeah. and then we can dive into the Ironman. And so, um, listen to podcasts all the time. There was a podcast. I think it was January of 2021 that Jamie Gruber came on bigger pockets and talked about his, um, I forget what he called it. Oh, multifamily and more, I think is what he called it. So he did multifamily and more meetups in Michigan and created this group online and was doing all this networking. And he is talking about the, the step-by-step of how I put this group together and the value that it added. And as I'm listening to the podcast, I'm like, there's nothing like this going on in Peoria. And so I, I met with some of my friends and they're like, yeah, there's definitely a need for it. And I was like, well, why don't you do it? They're like, we're not going to do it. I was like, okay, I guess I'll do it. Right. Yeah. There's a need. So let's, let's throw this thing together. And so I think our first one was in March of 2021. And we, we expected maybe 20 guys would show up. And so we reached out to all of our friends. We had uh, a, a format that we were going to follow, told everybody what to expect. And the very first one had 80 guys show up, not, wow. not guys, 80 people. Oh. And so I looked at Mike, I'm like, well, maybe we're onto something here, right? And so it's still going. We have a Midwest REI meetup every single month. And uh, in December, it's always the second Tuesday. December, we have a developer that's coming in to speak to us about the apartment units that he's developing in some warehouse space in downtown Peoria. And we'll do panel discussions with bankers, uh, insurance guys. Um, mm-hmm. But it's all a way to bring people together for networking and uh, provide value through a presentation of some sort. And our our sole purpose is just to try to help everybody win big and real estate investing is, is what we're trying to do. What have you gained outside of, you know, obviously helping other people? 
that that's yeah. that's awesome that's a big part of the mission and that's really cool have you gained anything beyond that as far as you know deals uh people bringing capital into your deals um you know anything else outside of kind of the first goal of just education yeah so this belize project is the first time that i've raised money for anything and so up until just recently, we, we just funded our projects um, internally, but we do have, we've got one or two people from Midwest REI that are investing in the Belize opportunity that we have. Um, a lot of relationships. We've, we know realtors now that we wouldn't known before that have talked to us about different, different deals that we bought deals through them. Yep. I think the, the best one that comes to mind is um, a guy that we didn't really know very well at the time who's now in my small group through church, ironically enough, but uh, he was, he was on the MLS listing. So he is getting email notifications for deals that were in a different MLS that Mike and I weren't getting notifications on. Hmm. And so out of the blue, he sends me an email. He's like, Hey, did you see this deal? And it was about an hour from where we live, but it was 11 different duplexes in this hmm. small town that were listed for a price that kind of just didn't make sense. And so he sent it over to us. Mike's like, man, we need to go look at this right away. And at the time I was a bit resistant because I didn't think it was a very good deal because I thought it was 11 units, not 11 duplexes. So I wasn't uh, doing the math right. Yeah. yeah. And so yeah. following Mike's lead, I go over there and we get out of the truck and I'm looking around. I'm like, it's 11 duplexes for that amount of money. He's like, yeah. I'm like, okay, yeah, let's roll. And so we wrote a full price offer that day and we own those. And cool. uh, they're worth about double of what, of what yeah. we paid for them. That's but it's awesome. because the uh, the people selling them had no idea what they had. They thought they were in a small town and they didn't have any value. And hmm. so that came from uh, Midwest REI, because if it wasn't for this person that was attending the meetups, we never would have heard about that one. So that that brings us to um, the Iron, Iron, is it men or man? Yeah, Iron Man, Peoria. Yeah. So, yeah. so yeah, let's, let's talk about that. Um, why did, why did you, or what, what, I guess, what is it? And then why did you start it? Yeah, it's a, it, it's a prayer lunch that we do. Um, just so I had the format down for the meetups for real estate investing. And again, it was, uh, we, we started a new small group through church and the guy that was leading the small group sat us down and had us do a spiritual gifts assessment. And so as we go through the spiritual gifts assessment, it's kind of highlighting um, based on our hard wiring, what kind of different gifts, spiritual gifts we could use to help further the kingdom. And mine was giving, administration, and hospitality. Those are my three spiritual gifts. Hmm. And so as we're going around and, and doing this, going through this process, we were all just kind of talking about it. And we didn't realize that he was going to push us and challenge us to think next level on this thing. And so then after we're all done, he's like, okay, now what we're going to do is we're going to go around the room and based on your top three spiritual gifts, I want you to tell me what your spiritual BHAG is, your big, hairy, audacious goal. And we all just kind of sat back and we're like, ah, man, what do you mean? BHAG. <laughs> and so he, he challenged us in a way that nobody had ever challenged us spiritually before. And so as we go through this process, my, you know, I, I think back, I thought back about different things in my life that had happened, um, different experiences I'd had, um, 
maybe things that have been dropped on my heart that I didn't really realize why they'd been dropped on my heart. And then I started thinking about my spiritual gifts and trying to figure out how that could all work together and play together. And, you know, I'm doing this Midwest REI and I'm helping people learn how to invest in real estate. And as I'm going through this process and I'm spending quiet time with quiet time with Jesus, I just keep hearing like, you know, you're, you're spending all this energy teaching people about real estate. Why aren't you spending the same energy teaching people about me? Hmm. Right. And it's kind of a gut check when you hear that mm-hmm. and I'm hearing this and we're getting challenged to, to come up with a BHAG. And I'm remembering back to the times of the promise keepers conferences and I remember some people from my home church having gone out to Washington, D.C. for a Promise Keepers. I, I sold Amway for a period of my life. And so I remember going to these conferences with thousands and thousands of people at an Amway conference, like cheering and getting excited about selling soap. <laughs> I'm thinking about the Midwest REI meetups that I've done. I'm, I'm thinking about hospitality. I'm thinking about uh, my, my spiritual gifts. And it, it just gets dropped in my lap. It's like, you know what? You need to feel the Peoria Civic Center full of 10,000 men to learn about how to be a better Christian man. Hmm. And so that's what my BHAG became. And so the first step, and it's funny, up in Milwaukee, one of our uh, one of our presentations was about if you've got a big goal, you don't have to worry about how to get from A to Z. Do you remember this? You just have to worry about how to get from A to B. Yep. Because B is on the way to Z. Yep. And so my step to Z was to start the Ironman prayer lunch. And, you know, just start with baby steps and start working towards that BHAG. And so we did it last March was the first Ironman prayer lunch and 180 guys showed up That's for the first amazing. one. That's this blew my That's mind. Amazing. Were you, yeah. were, were you at like a restaurant? Where, where were you at? How do you get 180 a, people together? It's a venue that they use to host different meetings and um, like they'll do wedding receptions there. And different. that's the same place that we do the Midwest REI meetings when we do those. Gotcha. So it capacity is 200. So if we get much bigger than that, we'll have to find another location. But right mm. now we've been able to fit in there. That's amazing. And you bring in guest speakers at times and. and... Yeah. Different pastors from around. There was a, um, a professional basketball player. That's the coach at Valparaiso. Um, he was called the Rev when he played for Fighting Illini, Roger Powell Jr. Mm. So he came down and spoke once, and he was just absolutely incredible. Is it for business leaders, or is it for just all men? Is it who is it for? It's for anybody that that can come. Um, I would say it's it's more white collar men than blue collar because it's in the middle of the week at lunchtime, so mm. not everybody can break away for a, a one hour. Usually it, it ends up being about an hour and a half by the time you get there and leave. Yeah. But yeah, anybody's welcome. That's cool. That's cool. Yeah. Um, so how are you going to get to your, your BHAG and how are you going to get 10,000 people filling up a room? So uh, one step at a time. Yeah. And the, one of the greatest things that came out of the Ironman prayer lunch is I met another guy that's just on fire for, for men and uh, is, is, Men's ministry is one of his main focuses. And I knew of Bart, but I didn't realize that he had the same vision of filling, filling a conference center full of men for a uh, men's ministry event. And so That's now cool. Bart and myself are working together with another group of people. And we're having conversations with the Stand Courageous group out of Washington, D.C. Hmm. And uh, we're we're most likely going to bring them into Peoria in 2024. And our goal would be to have 2,000 to 3,000 people at this conference 
and then just keep stair stepping it up. That's that's amazing. That's you know, it can it all starts with just starting to think and stretch yourself a little bit beyond where you're at right now, right? Just just challenge yourself a little bit. And that's that's with every goal. If you've got a goal in your business, if you got a goal in your health and your relationships and your faith, doesn't matter what it is, with every goal, you got to just challenge yourself a little bit. And yeah. You know, for you, that wasn't on your mind until somebody started challenging you. And it maybe was on your, like it maybe was, it was just not out there, right? Just not, just, just, you weren't there yet. And somebody said, Hey, you know, do this. And and it came to you. So challenge yourself. You know, if somebody's not there challenging you, challenge yourself and think about what is your big, hairy, audacious goal, right? What's your BHAG? And like you said, I love how you you, you said it, or I guess it wasn't necessarily you, but um, you don't have to get from A to Z. You have to get from A to B. And then we right. go from B to C and so on. We'll get there. We don't have to get through that big giant leap all at one time. And I think that's what slows people down or maybe sometimes just stops people on their tracks from even starting because they're so overwhelmed with man that what's it going to take for me to replace my income so i can quit my job doing real estate well that that shouldn't be the focus yep how are you going to get your first deal and then after that how are you going to get the next one i talk to people all the time i mentor people and that want to do this full-time that want to you know, quit their job and they're making 200, $250,000 a year. And they're just, and that overwhelms them when they start to think about it. We talk about a deal and we talk about how much they're going to make in that deal. And they're like, Oh man, that's not going to get there. I'd have to do something way bigger. And it's like, well, wait a second. You're not going to quit your job after the first deal, the second deal, the third deal. It's going to take a while. That first deal is going to make you 500 bucks a month. Yeah. And you know, you're not quitting your job on 500 bucks a month, but can we do the second, the third, the fourth, and the 10th, and the 15th, and the 20th. And depending on what you have to replace, it might be the 50th deal. But you can yeah. get there if you continue to push forward. Um, and maybe you had to do some other things and not need so much money. But, you know, that's that's not a story. Yeah. Decrease your standard of living. <laughs> yeah, decrease your standard of living. But it, it just it overwhelms people and it paralyzes them and they just stop. And, and I've seen it before that just stop because they can't see how it gets there. I was actually, this is years ago. I was talking to one of my buddies and, and we were talking about rental real estate and, you know, I was making $400 on this property and five or 600 on this. And he's like, Oh geez, wow. Hurry up and wait. Huh? Like kind of mocking me. And I'm like, yeah, yeah, that's exactly it. Yeah. 10 years later, you've got how much equity and you didn't put a dime into it. Yeah. And you're making some cash flow during that whole time. So that's, uh, it's all good. Um, all right, Brad, I, I want to, a couple more questions and before we wrap up here, um, what's a mistake that you've made and how have you learned from it? You haven't made any, have you? I'm just trying to figure out which one to pick. Oh, all right. All right. You know, you, you think about the real estate mistakes, um, I love telling the stories. I like to tell people about the the duplex that I bought that was probably the worst deal I've ever done in my life. Hmm. Because at the time I bought it, I, I didn't do the proper amounts of due diligence, um, had to do more rehab than I thought I was going to have to. 
and took me longer to get it leased up than anybody would have expected. And now that I, I've been through all of that, I've I've owned it now for 10 years. So 10 years ago, I made this horrible mistake. And now it's worth much more than I ever paid for it. And I've recovered all of my money. And so the the beautiful thing about real estate is time fixes just about everything as long as you don't make too bad of a mistake. Yeah. Right. Especially on a smaller deal. This was a $200,000 duplex. I overpaid for it. I had to put more money into it than needed. And it took me longer to, to lease it up than, than I thought it should have. And it still worked out. And so when I'm talking newer, newer investors that are looking to get started and the bigger pockets guys say it all the time too, just go do your first deal. Yep. Quit worrying about it so much yep. because you're not going to get it right. There will be aspects of your first deal that are going to be wrong. There, there's going to be things you're going to mess up. And if your first yeah. deal goes perfectly right, your second deal surely won't. Yeah. But as long as you have good enough guardrails up to make sure that the mistakes yeah. aren't too bad, time's going to fix anything. Yep. Yeah. So, Love that. But um, mistake-wise, my, my other mistake is not going bigger sooner. Hmm. Um, those Those periods of my life where I had the 20 to 25, 26 units and I was just just content. I was working my day job, selling advertising, living a, living a comfortable life. I, I should have, the mistake I made is I should have gone bigger sooner. Was it a, was it a mindset, a fear, a complacency? What, what do you think it was? It was a combination of complacency. And for some reason I got myself into this position of thinking that uh, people with a lot of money aren't good people. Mm. They don't do good things. Yeah, and I I think it it was because of my uh, proximity to some people who that that happened to be the case, right? And instead of uh, being wise enough to realize that not all people with money are that way, I decided, you know, I don't need to be rich if that's what it's going to become. Yeah, and so I just slid into a place of laziness and complacency and just kept managing what I had rather than growing. Yeah, I think it's easy to to look at other people and just go, well, that's obviously going to be what I'm going to be like if, if it happens, right. Yeah. Like if I get rich or whatever it is. So um, <clears throat> what's a favorite book that you can recommend to our listeners? I'm reading a book right now and it's not a real estate book. Um, it is the ruthless elimination of hurry. Mm. And my wife and I have uh, done a study on this book. I think it was three years ago and we're going through it again with our, our new small group. And when we look back at the amount of hurry and the amount of chaos that was in our lives three years ago compared to today, um, it's it's very, very different. And removing that chaos from from our lives changed a lot of things. So I just love that book. Yeah, that's good. Um, I've heard of it. I haven't read it yet. Maybe it's something I need to, okay. to check out because uh, sometimes I've probably got uh, way too much uh, hurt, hurry. <laughs> Um, you, last you, know, you bump into people and you yeah. ask them, Hey, how are you doing today? Well, I'm busy. I'm real busy. I'm it's busy. almost like everybody's proud to be busy. Yeah. Yeah. Right. It, we should seek to not be busy. We should just we, be efficient. <laughs> well, there you go. I mean, that's a, that's it. You know, it's not that we want to. So I think the part of it, there's, there's the mindset is if I'm not busy, I'm lazy. Yep. Um, and I don't want to be lazy. I don't want to be worthless. Right. And, and there's a lot of people that are just freaking lazy. Right. And they don't want to be busy. And, but they're busy or they're, they're, 
not being busy is just being lazy, just sitting around doing nothing. Yeah. Where that's not necessarily the goal. My assumption with this book, it's, it's not the goals. It's still be being very, very productive. It's just being efficient with your productivity. Yeah. And, and prioritizing the important things that don't mm. feel like busyness, you know, yeah. the, the quiet time with your wife, the quiet yeah. time with your family, the quiet time with your heavenly father yeah. and prioritizing those things before you stack in the other things that in all reality, aren't as important as those top three. Yeah. Love it. Yeah. Love it. Uh, Brad, last question. What are your three pillars of wealth creation? I think uh, the, the number one place that I want to store up my wealth is in heaven. If, if that's a way to consider that a, a, a pillar of wealth is uh, I want, I want that relationship between me and my heavenly father to, to be as, as beautiful as anybody could imagine. Like yeah. when, when you, uh, when you imagine what the, the most perfect father son relationship could look like, I, I want that to be my number one priority. And yeah. so um, hopefully, hopefully that's the case. Um, second, I though my family, and so I, my wife and my daughter, and I want to be able to look back someday and, and see that the the wealth that I had and the the joy and the happiness and the um, you know just just it's good, right? It, you know, I, yep. I did it well, yep. and you know, from a wealth perspective, the third, you know, you obviously think of money, and I I want the wealth, the, my money wealth, to be a pillar that's so solid and strong that it doesn't ever um, cause me worry, cause my family worry. Mm -hmm. And I think playing all those things together, those three pillars together, I think it's a matter of having proper balance and um, not being, not being wasteful with your finances so that you have to produce so much income that uh, you put yourself into stressful situations. I think all three of those can work, work really well together. Love it. Love it, Brad. Appreciate it. Uh, really appreciate the time you were uh, able to spend with us. How can our listeners get in touch with you? Learn more about you. Probably the easiest way is on on Facebook or LinkedIn, and you just search search me out, Brad Stigall, and and I'll be there. Awesome. Our website, um, our website for our company is accelerationrentals.com. You could you could go there and connect with me as well. Cool. We'll throw that in the show notes, Brad. Again, really appreciate appreciate the time um and the conversation you have a fantastic rest of the day yeah thanks so much todd hey thanks so much for listening i appreciate you being a loyal listener say i would love to have you go on to our facebook page and subscribe uh give us a thumbs up go on to itunes or wherever you listen and give us a rating and review don't forget to subscribe it's a rating review just helps us push this out to more and more people and continue to grow our audience and hopefully positively affect a ton of people out there that really need this and, and want this. So uh, the other thing I've got for you is a free ebook on my website. So go on to VentureDProperties.com, VentureDProperties.com and download our free ebook on real estate and on syndication. And I've got some data points in there, some really good stuff for you. So I'd love to have you take a look at that. It's free. I'm not expecting anything from it. 
and, and also look, if you want some help in multifamily, want some help learning, growing, getting your business off the ground, I would love to talk to you about what it would look like uh, to work with me potentially and see if that's a good fit. So you can go up to coachwithdex.com and check that out and uh, we can definitely have a, uh, a call. Thanks a lot for listening. You make it a fantastic rest of the day. I'll catch you on the next episode.